first of all we begin by thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by praising and glorifying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for enabling us with this unique opportunity to congregate in his house to worship him to glorify him to send salutations upon his messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam and we pray that Allah azza wa jal will continue to facilitate such opportunities for us in the future there used to be a time when people would actually talk to each other face to face physically they actually communicated with one another they conversed with one another they looked into each other's eyes and they spoke to one another hearing the sound and watching it come out watching the lips move there was a time when people used to sit down and spread their mahabba and their love with one another by talking to each other by asking each other how they were and there was a time when people when they wanted to communicate with those further away they would put their thoughts and their feelings down on paper and write them down and send them letters and people appreciated the effort that has gone into compiling that letter and the love uh, that they received from it it made people feel loved and it made people feel wanted there was also a time if you remember when the tv had only four channels 1 2 3 uh, and 4 was it bbc itv was 1 and 3 and 4 and later you know it was a big thing when the f- channel 5 was 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 introduced there was a time when flight information <coughs> sales and news could be viewed via a limited medium called the teletext if you remember it some of you brothers might be a little too young for that there was a time before that when people communicate communicated to one another before the use or the creation of of mobile phones i remember when i was young and we would record cassettes we would sit around a a, a cassette recorder a tape player and a whole entire family and we would put it on record and then we would have to talk to the to the tape player and my parents would say to us say salam alaikum to your grandfather and say salam alaikum to your uncle and this person ask them about that person and we would sit there in front of a tape recorder thinking this is absolutely ridiculous what are we doing we're talking to a to a tape recorder but there was love there right there was a feeling that this then this cassette is going to be sent to our family back home and they're going to listen to it and appreciate it those who we were unable to visit for years they know us they get the they feel like we're part of the family and vice versa when we would receive the same uh, cassettes from them that was a different time now we're living in a completely different time now we live in the time of social media we live in a time when this social media has become almost like a deity right it's omnipresent and omniscient it serves as a facilitator it serves as an educator most of the times as an entertainer sometimes even as a spiritual trainer but unfortunately as many of the good things we can associate with social media there are some bad and ugly things too so it's got the good it's got the bad and it's got the the ugly the youth 
When we were young, when I was young personally, I don't claim to be that old, but when I was younger, we would go outside and play. The only thing is we would beg our parents all the time, please let us go outside, please let us go and play. And our parents would say, no, it's time for you to sit at home. The worst thing that could happen to us was getting grounded and staying at home when our parents, our friends would be knocking on the doors and says, where is Rizwan? Can we play with him? And my parents would say, no, 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 he's in trouble. He didn't learn his work. He didn't go to the mosque. He didn't do this. So he's at home. He's not, he's not allowed to go out and play with you. That was the worst thing that could happen. Nowadays, people don't want to go out anymore. People don't want to enjoy life anymore in terms of going out and seeing the beautiful creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Enjoying the beautiful creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and taking it in. Children don't want to do that anymore. I'll give you an example. I went home. Uh, a couple of weekends ago and it was on a Friday normally on, 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 when I go home on a Friday night my whole entire family is there this time I went home on a Saturday and it was just my uh, my brothers uh, my brother's wives and their children so my brother's three elder brothers their children five of one of my brothers has five children the other one has two the other one has four I walked into the living room of the home and they were scattered around the whole room. There were about six children sitting there, ranging from the ages of two to about 11 or 12. Each and every one of them had a tablet in their hand like this. And they were completely engrossed with what was happening on it. I came in and I looked around and I thought, Assalamu alaikum, you know, normally, when I would come, I would meet all the children. Nobody, not one of them looked up. And my father was sitting there. I said to my father, what's happening to these zombie, robotic children? And my dad says, well, that's what happens when you give one of these to them. That's what happens when you place these iPhones and these iPads into their hands. Instead of placing the Quran, instead of placing a book that you can read to them, teaching them. I mean, you could do that of this as well, if it's utilized in the correct way. But in almost all cases, that's not the case. That's not how it happens. It's morphed the way we perceive things. It's morphed the way we view things. It's brought an almost complete transformation. It's as if now, try to imagine it. Try to imagine your life without an iPhone or an iPad. When you used to use your old Motorola's and your old Nokia's where you couldn't see each other on the other line and all you could do is call someone and hear their voice, listen to their voice or send a text message without browsing the internet. It's as if that life didn't even exist anymore. This is how our minds have become accustomed to this type of information and whether we like it or not this cyber revolution is here to stay. It's probably going to get worse in terms of we're going to have more information and it's going to become far more easier to, to access than it is today. And right now we can't even think of something easier than what we already have. But that's what technology is. It continually, it continually evolves. The virtual platforms that we have today that didn't exist two years ago, we're not going to have them two years, 
three years down the line. And it's an extremely powerful tool if it's used in the correct way. I was looking into it and the number of worldwide users of social networking is about 2.5 billion. 2.5 billion people in the world use social media. And it's expected to reach about 3 billion by the end of 2018, by the end of next year. Nearly 3 billion people, almost half of the world's population, uses social media, is interactive, or is able to interact with one another. And like I said, it's an extremely powerful tool if it's utilized in the correct way. I was in Egypt, I remember all it took was one Facebook message which sparked a revolution in Egypt. That's the power of, of this tool. People listen, people are all on it, people are engrossed within it. And that shows us that if we are able to take this tool and use it to our benefit, then Alhamdulillah will be successful in terms of we'll be able to learn so much. And I'm, I'm going to start with the good first. You know, it's important that we're not going to just throw it to one side and say everything is evil. We're not going to go near this. We're living in, a, in the 21st century world. We have to ensure that we are not engrossed in it, but we understand it and we appreciate the world that we live in. Like I said, there are many benefits of this platform and much can be taken from it if utilized in the right way. The first thing that I can think of is the accessibility to knowledge. You know, there was a time when people had to travel hundreds of miles, thousands of miles away to study in places like Baghdad, in places like Azhar, in, 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 in Cairo. In places like Damascus, people had to travel to go there and study because the knowledge wasn't accessible to them as it is for us today. Institutions of learning, they didn't exist except for a few in the Muslim world. There was a time when the likes of Imam Bukhari, the great uh, compiler of this magnificent compilation of his book, of authentic ahadith from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is reported that he once traveled hundreds of miles to collect what to retrieve a hadith from somebody that he previously hadn't heard of. Now for us to listen or to view a hadith we just have to go online type in the first two words of the hadith and a hundred thousand search engines will, will come out with, with, with all the answers. Everything is, is accessible to us. When there were no publishing houses and only one copy of a book existed, now we have PDFs. Now we can store hundreds, even thousands of books on a small memory stick that we can easily place into our pockets. The Prophet ﷺ, this is why the Prophet ﷺ spoke so infavorably of of traveling for the sake of knowledge because that's what it took, traveling. The Prophet ﷺ said, 
that he who goes out in search of knowledge, i.e. leaves his home, he's in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala until he returns. Now, we don't need to go out. I'm not saying that we shouldn't. But we don't need to. We've got it all accessible to us. Knowledge is here if we were to utilize it in the correct way. Hundreds of thousands, if not millions of books are online. We can read them, we can gain knowledge from them, we can benefit from them. Every type of information, useful or even utterly useless, can be found online. Yet, do we use it or do we utilize this platform for those purposes? Or do we utilize it for something else? Aside from the availability of knowledge, there are many other great uses. We can talk to, we can communicate with people all over the globe. We can see them in live. We can see them live while we're talking to them. And they might be sitting on the other side of the world. And if we're true adherents of the sunnah of the Prophet wasallam, we could use that for so much good. We could visit the sick without actually visiting them. Say if you found out a member of your family in the country that you're from is sick and the Prophet ﷺ encourages you and I to visit the sick, you can contact them, ask them how they're doing. We could maintain the ties of kinship, something the Prophet ﷺ spoke so infavorably of <coughs> by communicating with our relatives who may be on the other side of the, of the planet. We could propagate the faith. We could give da'wah. Not like some of the online da'wah personalities that we already have. I'm talking about original, genuine work. Inviting people to Islam by teaching them the noble character of the Prophet We could do so much work. If you, took at the, if you take a look at the word social in, in Islam, Islam is indeed given a great importance to social interaction but within limits and for the right reasons. If you look at the salah that we read, the prayer that we read, the salatul jama'ah, the congregational prayer, in the hadith the Prophet talks about the preference of, of salatul jama'ah over individual prayer. 27 times more rewarding when, according to one hadith. 25 times according to another hadith. Why? Why is that the case? Normally when you think of prayer, something which is personal between you and your Rabb, naturally you'd be inclined to praying on your own, right? You'd think it's a personal communication between me and my Lord. And yet the Prophet ﷺ encourages us that we take this personal connection and we bring it together in a congregation as, as a member of the community and we pray together to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Social interaction was encouraged by the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa 1400 years ago. You meet the people, you smile at them. The physical meeting is far more important than anything else. You cannot substitute that for anything else, right? Someone's ill. They may live only five minutes away. You can call them or send them a text message and say, I heard you're ill, brother. How are you? I hope you're feeling better. The person will appreciate that, right? He will, undoubtedly. 
But what if you just took out 20 minutes of your day and went to that person's house, knocked on the door, physically moved your legs, and that person opened the door and he sees you, and you've come to visit him, ask him how he's feeling. Don't you think the interaction between you and him will become far better? Don't you think that love will spread? Don't you think he'll feel so much better from you coming to visit him? And don't you think you'll be rewarded far more than you would if you merely sent a text? You see, this is something that we're losing. And this is why I'm now coming to the bad. And I've only got a couple of minutes. And we can't encompass all of the bad of social media and the ugly in five or six minutes. A recent survey carried out that I came across online, right, online, is that iPads and iPhones for our children are more addictive than an ounce of cocaine. iPads and iPhones are more addictive for our children than an ounce of cocaine. I have seen that with my own eyes, I believe it. I have complete yakin on that, that they're addictive. Children are unable to look up. Children as young as 12 months, a year old, 15 months, two years old, have got iPads in their hands. And they spend almost the entire day on them, engrossed in them. For children, just let me list to you some of the bad things that I've come across. Online grooming, ever increasing. It's become a massive problem, especially here in the UK. Online gaming, resulting in so many health problems. And we have to understand that gaming is a, an, a very real social and psychological problem. That disconnect from reality, the neglect of personal relationships, social relationships, while gaming takes precedence over everything else. I've seen it with my own eyes. I remember a student that I was studying with in, in Cairo. And this particular student, we never saw. And he, the students who went from, uh, from, from the UK together, there, was a, there were about 20 of us. We all knew each other, we would all link, meet up, we would all travel together. This particular student we hadn't seen for about three or four months. I remember receiving a call from his family who had contacted me because they hadn't heard from him. In the UK, they hadn't heard from him for two, three months and they were worried that something had happened to him. Please go to his house and check on him. I remember knocking on his door. I remember him opening the door and looking completely dis disheveled. I remember walking into his room and s seeing, you know, uh, like the world's rubbish. The rubbish of, of the entire country was there in his room. He didn't look too good. His eyes were sunken. He was a mess. He was living in an unhygienic environment. Why? Because he had got addicted to an online game. And we've got so many of that. You know, when people had to go out to gamble, now they've got it online. They can gamble online their entire life savings away. Online gambling, a massive problem. 
that increase in inactivity results in obesity in our children. Obesity is on the rise. One of the mass biggest problems in the UK is obesity. The second is diabetes as a result of obesity in most cases. The sexualization of society. Pornography available online for people to view. It dis they disassociate themselves from their own physical relationships with their wives due to this. A massive problem, the spread of immodesty. People placing their pictures upon the internet for the whole world to see. The lack of decency that, that we have. The increase in psychological pro problems, cyberbullying. Something spoken about in the House of Commons has become that prevalent in today's society. The dumbing down of children. It is. You'd think that with so much knowledge accessible to us, that we'd become cleverer. That we'd become more intelligent. But instead the opposite has happened. That people are becoming more dumb. And that's not just for children, that's for the rest of us as well. I'll give you one example. Before satellite navigation systems, before TomToms were available to you, and you used to drive from A to B with the use of, you know, those maps that you could buy at the services. You know them, my elders know them well. Some of the younger brothers have absolutely no idea. A map? What's a map? You'd have those maps out and you could take them out in front of you and say, we're going to take this road and that road. And it might take you a long time to get there. Sometimes you can't even find the place. But I'll tell you one thing. When you got there, exerting all of that energy and that effort, you never forgot that journey again, did you? When you didn't rely on something, it was easy for you to get there. You, you can travel down that road or down that journey or towards that place, that destination, 20 years down the line, but you won't forget it. Now you've got satellite navigation system, they give you the latest traffic information. They give you absolutely every information that you need to know for you to get to your journey. The shortest routes, the longest routes, the routes where you avoid the motorways and the toll booths and this and that, everything, all the information is available to you and you get from A to B in time. You can travel down that road or on that journey a hundred times and each and every time you will rely on your satellite navigation system. You won't learn it. You won't learn the route. Automatically your memory will not sink it because you're relying on something else. And I'm not saying completely throw them out and don't use them. What I'm saying is give preference to your memory, to your brains, to your intellect over technology. Nothing can replace that. Nothing can. There's so much more things. You know, the, 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 in the time of the companions of the Prophet wasallam, the Prophet wasallam, was sent to an unlettered people. People didn't know how to read and write. People didn't know... Uh, had to read and write, but they were fond of poetry and they had an excellent memory. They used to learn things. The Arabs were fond of poetry and their memory was, was exquisite. They, they relied on their memory to such an extent that like, the likes of Anas ibn Malik and other companions of the Prophet wasallam, including Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Abbas anhuma, they would state that even the smallest of children knew, had memorized 
their generations going back seven or eight generations, they knew who their father was, who their grandfather was, who their great-grandfather was. Let me ask you that question. Beyond your grandfather, do you know any of your relatives? Maybe a great-grandfather. But beyond that, do you know them? No. 14 centuries ago, the children of Mecca, the children of the Quraysh, knew their, you know, their, their uh, generations, going back generations, they knew their forefathers. They relied on their own minds and they had powerful minds, they utilized them. Unfortunately, we've got the same powerful minds. It's not as if the minds were more powerful then. We have them too. We've got a magnificent tool here in our heads. But unfortunately, we're not relying on it anymore. We're not using it as much. The example of the Prophet sallallahu I could continue to give to you. The Prophet sallallahu himself, he relied on, 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 on you and innovative things. You know, when the Prophet sallallahu wanted to give da'wah and make da'wah to, to the Romans, and he would... He would Companions of the Prophet would compile letters from the Prophet to the Romans and then they would send those letters. Before sending those letters, someone, the likes of Suhaib al-Rumi who lived and spent most of his time in Rome, he says that the Romans, they don't read a letter, they don't give a letter enough preference unless it has a seal on it. The envelope has a seal. The Prophet created his, a seal, used his ring as a seal. He didn't say that's their style, this is our style, this is how we're going to do it. Let them do the, the way. No, he wanted to get the message across to them in a way that they understood and in a way that they appreciated. Now we've got that tool with us today. Now, you know, I know that I might not have an effect on you in my Juma khutbas or in the classes that we have in the masjid or something else. But I can have an effect on you if me and you are Facebook friends and I constantly put up posts, informative posts that you read. Or we're friends or, or we, we have the same social media accounts so I have your email address and I'm constantly sending you information. For example, you're going to read that. You see, so we need to take, we can take use of these tools in the right way, utilize them in the proper way. And especially when it comes to our children, we need to have a controlled environment within which we use these tools. When your children are using your iPhones and your iPads, give them a time. After that, take it away. You know, be firm. <coughs> take your children out. Right? Don't allow them to become engrossed because right now, you know, well actually, 10 years down the line, when, when the situation develops, you're going to regret it. You're going to look back and say, when they were children, I had the opportunity to control the, the information that they're receiving. And then you won't be able to do that when they become adults. So now's the time to start. Switch off the iPads, switch off the iPhones, you know. Have a family dinner, sit down and just physically talk to one another instead of sitting there. I've seen people in the same room sitting there texting one another while they're looking at each other. You know, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. You know, we need more control when it comes to that. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, give me a new tawfiq and the ability to act upon the teachings of the Quran and the blessed sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa akhirul da'wana. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.